I'm all, I mean, like, amen, praise God. I'll just give everybody a moment to get settled. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, we come before you now, Lord. I ask you to minister, Lord. Lord, I yield to you. I yield to your spirit, your voice, your presence, your love. Lord, meet us where we're at. Thank you, Lord, for all the testimonies, all the thanksgiving that's gone forth. Thank you for showing off. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. So tonight, um, we're gonna, I'm going to try to keep it short too, but I'm going to talk about glory, alignment with heaven, and wisdom. Tonight, we've heard a lot about love tonight, and in that love, there's wisdom being released that you've never known before. The more you get close to God, the more you know Him. There's wisdom being released. Amen. So, Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we have been experiencing here at Kingdom Life. Is we're experiencing the kingdom of God. We've stepped into the love, we've stepped into the faith, and we've stepped into the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Paul prayed for wisdom in Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We know that the Father works, we know the Father through the Son, Ephesians 17, it says, I always pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom. It's a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amen. That gives you a deep and personal, intimate insight into the true knowledge of Him. For we know the Father through the Son. You see, when you... Know Jesus. When you meet Jesus, when he begins to unfold his glory, his wisdom, his love in your life, then you become more acquainted with the Father. Amen? You become more open to his love. So the more we know Jesus, the more we know the Father. Amen? Okay. So, and it says here, and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center, the very core of your being, your heart, 
this week I was so burdened. I felt so burdened because I felt there are people out there with real problems. There are people with real financial needs, real heartaches, real homes being broken, real families in distress. And my heart was burdened. And I said, Lord, help us. You know, help us with knowing how to help people and how to minister. And here it says, the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our heart. You see, the reason why people are in a mess, why they're burdened, why things aren't working for them, is because they are not close to Jesus. They are not close to the Father. And they're in ignorance and darkness. Amen? So when we get close to Jesus, when we get close to the Father, then everything becomes clear. Our eyes are open. We see the truth. We see the wisdom of God. It was wisdom that Todd had for him to say, wait a minute, I want to be sure I'm not being led by my flesh. That was wisdom. That was wisdom by the Spirit of God to say, let me be sober, let me check, let me listen. Is this the Holy Spirit or is this my flesh? It took wisdom for him to know to do that. Amen? For him to say, let me be led by the Spirit. It takes wisdom. That takes practice. That takes discernment. That takes practicing discernment, practicing wisdom. Amen? And it's through wisdom that we enter into the kingdom, that we gain the kingdom, that we gain the ground. Amen? So that you will know, it says, enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, that you will know and cherish the hope. People out there in the world that are lost, they don't know Jesus, they don't know the Father, they don't have any hope. They have no hope. They're living day to day, and they're just trying to figure it all out, but they don't have hope. But you see, when we line a line with heaven and the kingdom of heaven, and the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Father, when we align ourselves, then we can be flooded with hope. Hope when it seems hopeless. Amen? Hope when it seems like there is not a way, where there is not an answer. He will impart His hope, His vision. Amen? His love. Amen? And faith works through love. So our faith can be ignited through the love, with the hope. Amen? So hope is important, that our hearts are flooded with hope by touching Jesus, by touching the Father. That we will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the divine guarantee. That's faith. That's faith, a divine guarantee. When you have faith and it's ignited, it's a guarantee, a confident expectation. 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glory, his glorious inheritance in the saints. This hope, this wisdom, this love, this faith, this inheritance is in the saints. It's in the body of Christ. For those that are yielded to him and yielded to his spirit, this thing is in operation. Amen? Amen. And we experience it that here. And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable, immeasurable, immeasurable. You cannot measure the love. You cannot measure the hope. You cannot measure the faith. You cannot measure the kingdom. It's immeasurable. It's unlimited. It's unlimited. And it's surpassing greatness. Not just a little great. Not just a little great here, a little great there. No, surpassing His greatness. Talk about blowing the minds. Blowing the minds off. Listen, that's what this scripture is all about. (laughs) Of His active spiritual power in us. This thing's working in us. This thing is working through the love. Amen? The faith. Wisdom is at work. Amen? His love. His faith. It's working in us who believe. This is in accordance with the working of His mighty strength. This is aligning with heaven. It's an alignment of heaven. Amen? This is not like the world. This is a different kingdom. And you're either in it or you're not. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or you're in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And you can be in the kingdom of God one day and fall into the kingdom of darkness the next. Amen? And one thing we learn here is we learn how to fine-tune. We learn how to navigate the soulish realm so that we can stay in the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Because you can get off the path through worry, through anxiety, through sin, through not dying to the flesh, the flesh rising up, wanting its way. Amen? But if we could stay in the kingdom, it is immeasurable. You cannot measure it. It is unlimited. It surpasses all greatness. Amen? According to the working of His mighty power, God is turning up the power. He is increasing His glory, giving us the knowledge of His glory. We have the keys that will unleash the greatest miracles that will ever be recorded. Right now, the earth is getting ready. People in ministry are getting ready. While a lot of people are saying that there's going to be a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of upset, a lot of bad things happening, those who know the Lord, those who are in the kingdom, are getting ready to, to have a, 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 like a landslide. The Lord kept showing me waves, like tsunami tidal waves of His Spirit 
across the earth. Amen? That's happening. He has given us the keys to the kingdom. We have the keys. We're learning how to conquer the soul. Conquering the flesh. Dying to the flesh. So that the kingdom can continually produce. Continually live. Continually grow. Mark 6, 2 It says, Jesus, with wisdom and miracles, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who listened to him, they were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? This knowledge, this spiritual insight, what is this wisdom, this wisdom, this confident understanding of the scripture that has been given to him, and such miracles as these performed by his hands, Jesus had a wisdom and understanding that the world did not have. And because of it, he was able to to have miracles. He was able to say, if you need your taxes paid, there's a coin in a fish's mouth. He was able to feed 5,000 with two loaves and fishes. A couple fishes, or one fish, I'm not sure. I forgot. He, two, one loaf? Five Five loaves, two fishes. There we go. He was able to feed 5,000, probably 10, counting women and children. He had a wisdom, and it was a confidence. It was a knowing. Amen? Those keys have been released to us Matthew 13, 54, and after coming to Nazareth, his hometown, he began teaching them in their synagogue. They were astonished. They said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? What is the source of his authority? He had authority. He had authority when he prayed the blessing over those five loaves and two fishes. The authority opened up heaven. Miraculous things happen. And they said, where did he get this? Where is this coming from? He had a wisdom. Paul moved in wisdom and the miraculous. God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, these are not just regular little miracles. These are extraordinary miracles. Unusual miracles. So that even handkerchiefs and face towels or aprons that touched his skin were brought to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out. Paul had a wisdom. He knew something about the anointing. He knew something about the spirit. He knew how to expand it. Where it was bigger than him that even cloths could hold it and carry it. And faith was established and miracles happened. He knew how to operate at a bigger, wider level. Amen? Stephen, doing great wonders with wisdom. Now Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing, favor, and power, was doing great wonders and signs, attesting miracles among people. But they were not able to successfully withstand and cope. This is when the the rulers of the synagogue were asking him a lot of questions. 
And it says here, they were not able to successfully withstand and cope with the wisdom and the intelligence and the power and inspiration of the spirit by whom he was speaking. That's what we experience here. When, like Gene's teaching, it's like blowing everybody's mind. It's wisdom. It's power. It's authority. Amen? Stephen, he, he had a wisdom and an intelligence because he was speaking from a spirit. The spirit. Amen? Moses learned wisdom. It says here that Moses learned with all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. You know, Moses... I, I, I said, you know, why am I going to put this in here? I'll tell you why. Because Moses knew who he was. And he learned his enemy. Wow. He learned his enemy. But he knew who he was. Don't you know that deep down inside he knew his destiny? He knew he was Hebrew. He was nursed by his own mother. But he studied his enemy. Amen? Daniel. I love the story of Daniel. It says, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them. This is the king. He found Daniel in them ten times better than all the magicians, all the astrologers who were all in his realm. Daniel had the wisdom and the authority when they said, if you pray to your God, you're going to be ex executed. Daniel, I love it. He went to his window, opened the window, and he prayed every day, several times a day, out loud. And, the, and you know, the king liked Daniel. And then when they came to the king and said, you've got to take him out. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's broken the law now. You made it law because they manipulated the king to make it law. You know, and Daniel went into that lion's den. Now, he knew something. He knew the love of his father. He had an authority. He had an, a, a power of knowing who he belonged to. And an angels of the Lord came and stopped the mouths of the lions. And I love it. One of my favorite parts is when the king came and said, Oh, Daniel. And he to check on him. And Daniel said, Oh, king, live forever. There was no, unfor there was no unforgiveness like, Hey, you threw me in this den. I'm angry at you. How could you do that to me? I had to pray and persevere all night. This was tough. I had to make sure my angels were there. But he said, no, king, live forever. Because he knew who he was. He knew who he belonged to. And he, had, and he knew that he was in right standing. Amen? Amen? Daniel moved in wisdom. Proverbs 3, 19, 20. 
Wisdom is the tool bringing the creative miracles. Now listen to this. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. All right? Wisdom and understanding and knowledge were created before the creation of the earth. These things existed before the earth was even created. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I have been established from everlasting. This is wisdom talking. From the beginning, before there was ever an earth. Proverbs 8.26 While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. That's wisdom talking. I was there when he drew a circle on the face of the deep. I believe Jesus is that wisdom. Second Chronicles, Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or life of your enemies, nor have you asked for long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people. Solomon did not ask for riches. He did not ask for anything but wisdom so that he could do his assignment. He had to be the king and the judge over the people. And he said, God, I don't care about anything else. Give me wisdom so that I can complete my assignment. Amen? Key to how to pray. If you want wisdom, ask. Ask in faith, James 1, 5. But if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without reproach, without rebuke or blame. Don't, don't you love it that the Lord gives wisdom without blame? You know, there's a lot of people that give a lot of wisdom and a lot of counsel, but then they, they put the blame. Oh, but if you know, you did this, and I told you if you'd listen to me, <laughs> they put the blame, reproach on you. God doesn't do that. That's how he gives his wisdom without reproach, without blame, rebuke. It will be given to him, but he must ask in faith without any doubting, for one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything, being a double-minded man. Being a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Not just in some ways, not just in ways of finance, not just in ways of relationship, if you are double-minded, you are unstable in every area of your life. And there may be somebody listening by internet who's living a very unstable life. And it could be because you're double-minded. Because you have it aligned with heaven, aligned with your Father, with Jesus, and taken your mind and aligned it to the kingdom and the kingdom's ways, and the king and his ways. Amen? Amen. So we ask in faith. Wisdom is better than all desires. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, in the hidden part. Somebody may be saying, why is my wife leaving me? Why won't my children behave? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. There's something in the hidden part. There's something in the inward part. 
There's something that's going on. There's curses at work that you don't even know about. But if we desire truth in the hidden part, you will make me to know the wisdom. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared to her. All the things cannot be compared. All the things cannot be compared. Amen? The truth needs to come to the inward part where we operate in wisdom, where we operate in His love, His power. Psalms 111.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. His praise endures forever. That word fear is the reverence of God. That's like where you say, Lord, I'm really tempted to sin. I'm really tempted to do this thing. But Lord, I reverent you. I love you. I don't want anything to separate me from you. I don't want to hinder my walk with Jesus. I don't want to hinder my relationship with you, Lord. That's more valuable. That's the beginning of wisdom. When you reverent God more than anything. Reverent Him. That's the fear of the Lord. Where the biggest fear is to lose Him. You don't want to lose Him. You don't want to lose that, that touch, that, that spirit that He's given, that love, that faith. You don't want to lose that hope. You don't want to lose Him, His person, His peace. That's the beginning. That's the beginning of wisdom is that fear, that reverence. Supernatural wisdom raised the dead that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Okay. He raised Jesus from the dead. He seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. This wisdom that God had for us to be completely redeemed. Amen? It raised Jesus from the dead. Ezekiel, it says here, Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord thy God. So Ezekiel heard God say something. He heard him prophesy. He heard God say something. And then God said to him, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I love this thing because in the soul shifters, I had asked everyone to do a faith letter. And I said, no, you know, go into worship, get quiet, ask the Lord to show you what to write in your faith letter where you write out a letter as if you're writing a friend about all the things that God has already done, but it's in the future. It hasn't happened yet, so it would spark their faith. 
And I said, and believe it or not, this will be a prophecy in your life. And I loved it because one of the things I wrote was, I see Brooke with the children, bringing them in here to worship. And she's doing such a great job. I said, the children are worshiping God. There are some now that are prophesying and speaking in tongues. That's coming, folks. That's coming. I wrote that in my faith letter. And then that very next Saturday, I saw her come in here with children. I saw one of your little girls truly worshiping. Truly worshiping. I said, Lord, you are fast. Yes, he is. <laughs> You're fast. All right. So Ezekiel heard the Lord speak, and then he prophesied. And it was a mighty thing that happened. But there was no breath in them. Now, how many of you would just have gave up right then and there? Well, God, I saw all this mighty thing. You did this, you did this, you did this. But God, there's no breath in this thing. How many would stop right there? Amen. But then Ezekiel, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, the spirit. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, the spirit. So what did he have to do? He had to go in and prophesy again. He had to go in and speak it again. Amen? Thus says the Lord God, Come from four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath came to them, and they lived. They stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Amen? So he prophesied. Wisdom told him to hear. Then he heard, and then he spoke, he prophesied, and he didn't quit till it was fully de developed, till it was fully accomplished. Amen? Resurrection power, the spirit of life. Then the Lord God formed that, that is, he created the body of man from the dust of ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Why did I put this in here? Because I want you to know that your heavenly father breathed in you the breath of life. You have the very resurrection power of God in you now. You have his spirit. When you invited Jesus Christ to live in your heart, you have the resurrected power of Christ in you. You have the miracle worker in you. You have the forgiver, the one who forgives in you. You have the one who's conquered death, hell, and the grave in you. In your breath, he's there. He's been with you all along. Amen. The resurrection power. When Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness will not end in death, but on the contrary, for the glory and honor of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by God. Now this is God's will. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever trial is, 
in front of you, whatever burden you're carrying, the Lord says to listen to his spirit. Let the wisdom come. He'll tell you how to prophesy. He'll give you the instruction. Then you follow the instruction. When we go into worship and the glory is here, get quiet. Listen to what he says. Because the very one who has resurrection power, if your finances are dead, if your relationships are dead, if your family is messed up and dead, God has your answer. Everything is there. You cannot figure it out on your own. You cannot. You need the wisdom of God. You need the wisdom of God. So when we go into worship, stop trying to figure it out. Just worship Him. Because when you worship Him, you are aligning yourself with heaven. Amen? Wisdom and authority. And so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of His active spiritual power is in us who believe. The reason why we see the miracles here, the lives changed, the love unleashed, the power of miraculous kingdom of heaven is being released is because somebody, somebody believed that it was possible. Somebody believed. Amen? which he produced in Christ. He raised him from the dead. He seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all the rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far, uh, or human, and far above every name that is named above every title that can be confirmed, not only in this age and the world, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in every realm, subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all the church. Jesus is seated in a heavenly place, in a place glorious. And when he, when we worship God, what's going to happen? There's several things that's going to happen. The glory is going to come in. And when the glory comes in, you can know that Jesus is here. He is here. For the word says, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. And when he's there, glory is here. The angels are here. We feel them. We, we see them. Everything is in the heavenly realm. We are aligning with heaven. We're aligning with the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. The Lord's going to speak to you his wisdom. The Lord's going to tell you what you need to hear, what you need to know to be delivered, to be healed, to be set free. Amen. He's going to do it. Jesus is above every rule and authority. There is no devil. There is no demon. There's no king of, uh, uh, of you know, Satan's kingdom. There's nobody. Nothing angelic or human or anything that is above Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ is above all. All, all dominion is given to him and his name. There is nothing that is not conquered already. And we have him. We have him inside of us. We have him in our heart. He's in us. He's breathed in us. He's living in us. He works through us. Amen. The inheritance is working through us. Arise from your spiritual depression to a new life. Arise from your spiritual depression to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord, for your light has come, and the glory and the brilliance of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. For in fact, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you and his glory and brilliance will be seen on you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. How many of you know that there is a darkness in the world? A deep darkness. We are living in this time. We are living in this scripture. We're living in this word right here. There is a deep darkness. But we have a light. We have a wisdom. We have a knowledge. We have a revelation. We have his power. We have him working through us. Amen. And as you go, preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, now freely give. That's our assignment. That's our assignment. Preach, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Now you have that power working in you. Every time you speak to somebody, every time you touch somebody, every time you smile at somebody, every time you do a kind act, every time that kingdom is at work, releasing, amen, and your light is shining. We are seated with Christ. This is the greatest part. I love this part. And he raised us up together with him when we believed. And he seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ. We are not only is he in us, we are in him. When you go into worship and you're in your praise and worship, you are in a heavenly place. We are in a place where it's like the the two dimensions, there's like the, the veil is getting thinner between the earth realm and the heavenly realm. And it's being opened up. And we're actually in two places at once. We are actually seated with him, in him, speaking into the glory, prophesying 
into the glory. What we're hearing Father say. Amen? And it's an awesome, awesome experience. Seated with Christ Jesus. Now, if you have any problem with that, you think, I, I don't know how to be seated with Christ. Plead the blood. Apply the blood first. Father sees you through the blood. He sees his son. He sees you pure. He sees you whole. He sees you perfect. Now, once you've applied that blood and you humbly come before the throne, you take your seat in Christ Jesus. Amen. And let him release his glory, release his wisdom, release everything that you need. Amen. Speaking from the glory, there's no distance in the glory. It's not like we have to travel really far. It's right here. Amen. We are as near to heaven as we are to earth. When we speak, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding is that we are speaking from a heavenly position, touched by a new dimension of glory, regaining a heavenly authority. This is not your authority, it's his authority. And when you speak into the glory and you're prophesying what the Lord has told you to speak, when you're speaking everything in the glory, then you are speaking from a heavenly authority. And everything that you're saying is being established. And God's really quick. He's quick. He'll do it. Amen? If you see part way, like if you're, if you're like speaking for your healing or you need a healing and you see part of it done, like you test yourself and you're 50% done, hey, don't stop there. Prophesy again. Speak again. Complete it. Amen? Don't walk out of here broke, busted, and disgusted. Complete it. Complete it. Amen? By faith. By faith. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth, in earth, as it is in heaven. Declare the kingdom of heaven on earth. That means you lay down every anxiety, every problem, every possible thing that you feel anxiety over, that you feel depressed over, that you don't know the answer to. Give it to God. Enter into his kingdom and let him do it. Trust him. You don't have to trust your faith. You don't have to go, but I don't know if I have enough faith. Don't trust your faith. Just trust him. Jesus is everything you need. He is it. Amen? I think that's it. Um, Habakkuk 2, 14. But the time is coming that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Let's go into worship. Amen. <laughs>